Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Hey, everyone. It's Scott from Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast and the Zamboni Time Machine. If you want to create your own podcast, the best option to make that happen is Anchor. If you ever heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, and who doesn't like free? There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And what's up, hockey fans, and welcome to episode number 69 of Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast. Stop snickering, Dave. I can hear you over here already. Yeah, that's just crinkles. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Recording here on March 24th, 2022, we have got one great show lined up for you because this guest, he's been on a few times, and I just he, I love having him on because he's so much fun. Before I bring him in, though... That guy that was snickering over there, I want to bring him in. My trusty sidekick, the guy who's just doing all this great job producing, pressing buttons that I don't understand what he's pressing. Anyways, it's Dave the Save Warner. It's kind of random. You just push whatever, and you think I'm doing a lot of stuff. Well, you know what? You're doing a good job of looking busy. (laughs) That's why we pay you the big cents. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, boy. Anyways. I'm going to bring our guest in. Like I said, our guest has been on a few times. He is the host of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. He's also into several other different projects that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some New Jersey Devils. We're going to talk about some Utica Comets. Talk some NHL with the one, the only, the incomparable, Mr. Neil Villapiano. Neil, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, guys, and uh, we're already off to a riveting start here yes, in this we episode. Oh. We, we, we've already laughed about three or four times, so you already know it's going to go great. Exactly. You know, and, and that's including the times that we weren't recording, that we exactly. told ourselves a lot of good jokes, yeah. and we thought oh, we were yeah. live. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the behind-the-scenes stuff that you put out later on. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, yeah. to hear and listen to. But uh, other than that, I'm doing well. Uh, obviously, things have changed quite a lot uh, with the Devils, um, and certainly you know for myself since the last time I was on here. And uh, I'm just excited, as always, to jump on and uh, you know just talk some hockey, especially about the Devils and Certainly about the Utica Comets. Oh, man. You know, well, I'll tell you what. It's been, what, two months since you've been on, I think. 
about and, two months, yep. And like I said, it's a blast every time you're on. So last time you were on, we, we kind of got you fired up because it was kind of a rough patch that was going on, you know? <laughs> Didn't do it on purpose. It's just kind of one of those organic kind of things, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, the same rough patch, which I know you're going to bring up, it's the same <laughs> problem we have now. So I mean, it's not like it's not like from that point of view, it's changed a whole lot. Uh, but you know what, though, you had a pretty good week. I mean, one of the projects that you're into is the uh, the watch-alongs for the Hockey Podcast Network, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But I was watching you Tuesday night when your Devils took on the Rangers, and uh, you were in a very good mood, my friend. Oh yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, that was fun, especially, you know, whenever you get the opportunity to win a game like that in general, it's always fun. But but especially when you face your your, you know, your rival, the New York Rangers, and you win that game. Um, I'm sure some of the boys up there in Utica were not thrilled about that game, but it's all right. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, it was it was honestly a really big win, um, you know, for them to score five unanswered goals in the second period and really just kind of, you know, just kick the crap basically out of the uh, – out of the Rangers in that game and score seven goals for the sixth time this season in a game. Um, it's just really, really exciting. So yeah, I mean, Tuesday, Tuesday night was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, the, the Rangers got up to nothing quick and I was like, Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> but, uh, but no, they, they came storming back. And of course, Nico Dawes of the Utica Comets in goal once again. Um, you know, I'll tell you, we, uh, we miss him here in Utica. Don't get me wrong. Akira Schmidt's been doing a great job holding down the fort. But, of course, we always miss our guys that get called up. Good for them, of course. You know, we're always happy to see guys get a chance in the NHL. But uh, yep. tell us a little bit about what you've been seeing, Nico, uh, down there in New Jersey. Well, the Devils organization certainly has a lot of high hopes for the kid because it's not an accident that he has played something like, what, 11 of the last 13 games for the Devils. Um, they clearly have confidence in him, not just from the coaching staff, but certainly from the team themselves. They seem to play stronger behind him. They seem to just feel confident in general around him. So I think it's been really good to see. And he's had a handful of games, even some of the games he didn't win, where he has looked very strong in net. Now, you look at last week and you say, yeah, he was a little bit shaky. And, um, you know, even against the Rangers, he at times was a little bit shaky. But you know what? At the end of the day, he's been the most consistent goaltender we've had literally this entire season. And to see somebody that is showcasing a lot of potential moving forward, I think is very, very exciting. And uh, do I think that Nico Dawes is fully ready to take over as the number one guy long term? I think it's still too early to too early to say. I think we got to see how he comes into training camp next year. It's certainly once he goes back down to Utica, and that'll probably happen sooner rather than later. Um, you know how he does in the playoffs and everything. And Kevin Deneen will certainly have a good problem on his hands with who he wants to go with the net once they get into the playoffs and get things rolling. And um, But at the end of the day, it's really, really been good to see Nico Dawes playing well. The team themselves feels good around him. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. It might be both. Um, when Lindy Ruff talked uh, last week after the game against Calgary, um, he said that, look, quite frankly, uh, we're putting uh, Dawes in somewhat of an unfair situation for him having to play every single game, sure, even back-to-backs. And it's tough, but considering that John Gillies is, to put it nicely, not very good, um, we really don't have a whole lot of options. So, you know, we were talking about goaltending as a major factor two months ago. Not much has really changed. I mean, we're still, we're just trying to get through the last 18 games or so of the season. And uh, as Tom Fitzgerald, our general manager, put it, go back to the drawing board 
um, with the goaltending uh, once we get into this offseason. But other than that, really, really love how calm, cool, and collected Dawes has been. And he's keeping the Devils in a lot of games, which is all we could really ask for. Yeah, sure. Because, I mean, you know, you think about it, like a kid in his situation, what's he got to lose, right? I mean, he comes up and, you know, he, he's not expected to to win every game. You know, like you said, basically hold the fort down, but he's done a tremendous job overall. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's, of course, there's going to be some hiccups along the way. But uh, interestingly enough, I mean, they went out and they got Andrew Hammond at the trade deadline. The Hamburglar. The Hamburglar is back, you know. <laughs> uh, still on injured reserve. I think he comes back in like a week or two. Um, but I, I have no idea. Yeah. We actually, they didn't say anything. We have no clue. Which kind of begs the question, why did we get him in the first place? Right. Well, I, I had to go out to Montreal Canadiens to find that out. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. And losing Nate Schnarr kind of sucks, not going to lie, because he was actually playing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. In Utica. So I, I feel like we could have gotten him for cash considerations, but. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, that one. I'll tell you from a Utica perspective, that did sting because. And listen, I understand it's not New Jersey's job to, you know keep the comments stocked with, with great play. I understand that. It's totally part of the business. Totally understand. But man, you know, especially, you know, here in Utica, we're going through a rash of injuries. It's just kind of like the perfect storm right now that you listen, every team's got to deal with game losing streak. If I remember, if I'm seeing correctly, they yeah. lost to, they lost to former devil goalie, Corey Schneider last night and the Bridgeport sound tigers last night. And a uh, little bit of a rough patch, but, but, you know, I think they'll be able to turn it around at some point. Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, you're right. They've lost three, the last three straight, four of their last five. Um, but again, it's been like the perfect storm for them right now. A, a rash of injuries. Besides Schnarr getting traded, you know, DeLeo was hurt. He just came back last night. But Nolan Foote's hurt. Uh, Ryan Schmelzer, the captain's hurt. And then we've had a couple of calls so we're going to talk about in just a second. But I just wanted to kind of get back to that Andrew Hammond thing because uh, – yeah. Tom Fitzgerald held a press conference after the trade and Correct. said that the actual plan, once Hammond is, does return, is to keep all three goalies in New Jersey for now. And I, I, I kind of wonder, I'm not trying to question his wisdom or anything like that, but does that really do Dawes any good if he's going to end up being in a rotation, whereas if he can go back down to Utica sooner, get some playing time and split the time with Schmidt, and actually, and for our end, Give Schmidt a little bit of a rest because he's been a work a workhorse goaltender as well. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? How long do you think this whole uh, three headed monster in goal is going to last, if you will? Because you got what eighteen games left, I think you said. 18. Yeah, eighteen at the time of this recording. Um, uh, for me personally, look, number one, I said it before, and other people disagreed with me, and I get it. I felt like that we were overworking Nico Dawes, you know, considering he had played nine games in a row. Was like, look. I get it. You want to see what you have. Totally understand that. And Dawes had shown flashes the first time he came up way back in November when we were dealing with injuries back then. Um, But at some point, Dawes has to go back down because they because Utica needs the guys and they need and they have a chance to do something that's huge. And especially in the first year being back as the devil's affiliate. I mean, this is this could end up being a very, very special season. I mean, it already is, but Mm -hmm. certainly with the expectations, I think now that they should be making a long run in the Calder Cup playoffs, you need to have your guys down there. I guess, and I can only go off of what I think. And I still trust uh, Tom Fitzgerald a lot. I believe in what he's doing. I think that 
He has built the team relatively well. It's just the goaltending. And not all of it has really been his fault. No. You cannot prepare for a goaltender to retire before ever playing a game for you. You cannot prepare for goalies to consistently get hurt and having to keep playing. You can't expect now Andrew Hammond to eventually become the seventh different goaltender to play at least one game with this team. This is something that was not built into the whole, you know, aspect of it all. And look, Tom Fitzgerald made it very clear when he spoke to Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic a couple weeks ago. He said, look, this team is better than its record. And that's very, very true because we've lost a lot of games because our goaltending, quite frankly, was not up to par. Sure. And that's just, and, you know, we don't know if Blackwood's going to be back this year. We don't even know if Blackwood is going to be the solution long term. We know that the Devils were upset about the fact that he refused at first to get vaccinated, which caused a little bit of a stir between him and the, him, you know, him and the organization. Uh, Blackwood was pissed off because he believed the Devils rushed him back from his heel injury and then he re-aggravated it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you've seen this before, when players decide to change agents, that usually is not a good thing. That usually means they're trying to make a different decision moving forward. Right. So that is something to keep in mind during this offseason and where everything goes. I don't know if Blackwood will come back. Quite frankly, I don't think it's the right move for him. I think he needs to just focus on next season, whether that's with us or somewhere else. Right, right. Focus on it long term. As far as this three-headed monster, I don't think it will last very long because once Andrew Hammond gets back and he is fully healthy, I think then the plan will eventually be, once they feel comfortable enough, to send Dawes back. I think the reason, the honest reason, that um, it's going to be a three-headed monster is because they're worried about Hammond potentially injuring himself again. Right. We don't know how significant his injury really is. Sure. And if he comes back and hurts again, well, guess what? Dawes is coming right back up or Schmidt's coming right, you know, Schmidt's coming right back up. One of them. I argued to say, how about this? Let's throw out a completely random one. Why don't we send Dawes down and bring up Merrick's mittens? Because mittens is kind of in the purgatory, so to speak, because it's like, well, is he either down in Adirondack or is he backing up? Schmidt, right, and I mean that could be a problem for Adirondack. Well, I think I think with him, he's on an AHL deal, so they would have to sign him to an NHL contract. But that's yeah, and that's fine. I mean, I don't think the devil. I mean, first of all, the Devils have the the cap and the way to do it if they wanted to. Not unless he holds out for ten million a year. I, I would um, wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. Would a, would a name like Mittens, uh, he could right. make a lot of money if he starts getting him starts getting into the NHL. And I still actually think that Mittens, um, it could be one of those guys that you don't expect to be a solution, but sure. could very well be. He just he just seems like a very reliable goaltender from what I've seen in in the past, especially when both Schmidt and Dawes at one point or another was going up to the Devils, and he had to come up from Adirondack mm-hmm. and play in Utica, but. Look, the the problem is is that because of the lack of consistency and just good play in general from John from from John Gillies, we we just don't feel confident. I guess right now having Dawes go back down. But I will say this: the most likely scenario is that Dawes and then eventually potentially Dawson Mercer are going to end up in Utica by the time you get to the end of this season. Because um, Fitzgerald made it clear he wants Mercer to play more. Um, than just with the NHL club. And I think if he could go down there and play, he could certainly help the team. And oh, he yeah. Has, he has chemistry with guys like uh, Alexander Holtz and Fabian Zetterlin and guys like that that he can probably fit in very well with that team. 
Um, but to answer your question, I don't expect it to be for the rest of the season. I would be surprised, um, but I, I don't expect it to be long term. You know what? That's that's an interesting point which you just brought up uh, about Dawson Mercer, and I, and I wanted to ask you about that because sure. um, Monday was obviously the NHL trade deadline, but it was also the, the the day where you had to paper transactions down to the AHL Correct. in order to be uh, eligible for the Calder Cup uh, playoffs. And as far as I know, Dawes was the only one who was papered down. So mm-hmm. are they still going to be able to send like a, a Dawson Mercer or a, a Tice Thompson down, even though they didn't paper him? Well, the problem with Tice Thompson is that we still don't know how much longer he's going to be hurt. I mean, right. he has been, I mean, he became, and I don't say this with disrespect, but he became a forgotten person once he got hurt in November. Sure. We don't need, a lot of us forgot that he had gotten hurt and wasn't with the team for a long time. Same thing with Yanni Kuokinen and Miles Wood. At one point or another, we forgot that they were a part of the team because they were hurt basically the whole season, if right. not for the good majority of it. Um, you know, the only person, and you're correct, the only person that really got that move down was Dawes. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Mercer. I had heard that Fitzgerald was thinking about it, but maybe he changed his mind about it. I, I'm not, Could be. I'm not really sure. Could also you see Mercer end up playing in the World Juniors? The World Championships, excuse me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a possibility. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of question marks, obviously, with with it. And obviously, we're not focusing on it right now because we're trying to finish the season on a high note, try to, you know, get guys to get going. Mercer's, you know, he's only four goals away from 20 goals in his rookie year. He's only that's four goals behind. It, it is. And he's only four goals behind Michael Bunting for the lead, for the league lead in goal in goals by a rookie. Now I argue that is Michael Bunting really a rookie? Not really, but you know, he's a rookie-ish because this is the first full-time action he's gotten in the NHL. It's like Kirill Kaprizov last year. Right, right. So I think that I think that the Devils want to see him finish the year strong. Same thing with other some of the other young guys and things like that. And uh I gotta tell you, I mean, it's been a pleasant surprise to see Mercer come in and make the team right out of camp and have the success that he's had this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I was actually thinking about that too. I mean, he's played, he, well, he's going to play the full 82. I mean, I, he might've missed a game or two here. And I'm not sure, he, but he's actually the only player on this team to have played every single game. He has not. Well, there you go. Missed the game yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where's all the wood we can find? Knock on it. <laughs> With the way the season is gone. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the second of last game of the year and he just doesn't Dude. play because he's sick or whatever the case may be. Quick, get the but bubble wrap. <laughs> right. It would be pretty remarkable if he ended up playing all 82 games considering everything that happened this year. But uh, he has certainly been tremendous in his first year. Oh, there's no doubt about that. That not a, you know, And maybe they, they're not going to send him back down to Utica just for that simple reason. He's played a full NHL season already. Yeah. You know, and these mm-hmm. like younger players like that aren't quite used to playing a full 82 yet. You know, you got to think, you know, a, a lot of the like the juniors, college ranks, they don't play the full 82 game schedule. So maybe there's a little bit to that. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just spitballing here, basically. No, I got it. And, you know, you mentioned Michael Bunton. Boy, I'll tell you, talk about landing the jackpot. I huh? getting to skate on Austin Matthews line all the time. Oof. Well, Good again, for him. The, the, Good the, for the him. Questions, the question simply for him is that, is he a product of the players he plays with? I mean, we made the argument with Andreas Janssen up here in New Jersey when the Devils acquired him prior to last season. He had been he was playing where Michael Bunting is playing now. Right. Janssen was in Toronto. It was the same thing. And you see what Janssen has not done consistently since he got to New Jersey 
you start to feel that way. I'm not trying to discredit Michael Bunting. No, not at all. Pointing out the fact that, like, you know, he's playing with some really great players in the National Hockey League. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, but again, it's still a great find that uh, Toronto was able to get him. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, I watch a lot of the West Coast games, and he was with Arizona. And I, and I will say that he, he did really well with Arizona as well. Not mm-hmm. to this level, but, of course, you're talking about, like you just said, a much different level of teammates, too. So, absolutely. But that notwithstanding, uh, speaking of the comments, you guys have a, a couple of our comments up there in uh, New Jersey right now, and AJ Greer and, and Kevin Ball. Which, yes. by the way, Kevin Ball, I, I'm sure you know by, by this point, he's got his own fan club here. So, Ball's Army, yep, Goose House, Ball's House, I know it all, man. <laughs> I got to get you a shirt. I'm still, I'm still trying to get. I'm still waiting for my shirt, man. What size do you take? St- I'll hook you up. I'm, a, I'm an extra large. Okay. Extra large. Give, me, uh, give me a shirt. I, I promise you, I will hook you up. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll send you my address when you get the shirt, and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Right, Scott, you know you can't say I'll hook you up. Well, this is episode. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Just forget it. Just forget it. You made the You're connection. trying to get me in trouble. That's it. <laughs> all good. It's all good. That's enough out of you. All right. I lied. I was almost asleep. No, I was, yeah. I was paying attention. It's interesting stuff. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, AJ and Kevin Ball are up there. Mm-hmm. Any other comments you might want to see get a shot up with the, the big club before the end of the season? Probably I want to see first, I would love to see Fabian Zetterlin come back up because I think that he was put in a, you know, just like kind of like with Alexander Holtz, it was kind of a difficult position. Obviously I'd love to see Holtz, but I think it's much better for him to play out the rest of the season down in Utica because you can see, I mean, I've heard enough press conferences to know that Kevin Deneen has been a major factor in Ooh, yes. Alexander Holtz having the success that he's had this year. And I think it's better to just, okay, let him just finish out the year, right. go from there. Fabian Zetterlin, I like the scrappiness that he brings to the team. And he's got a ton of speed himself. And that's something that I really, really like. I never thought I'd be this excited, by the way, to have A.J. Greer come up <laughs> to the Devils because of the season that he's had. I wondered to myself, could he be that really sneaky third, fourth line guy that we didn't expect yeah. at all to come in and make and make ways? Now, granted, he didn't do anything in the Toronto game, but that's fine. Like it's 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 totally one game. Fine. Kevin Ball, he made an impact right away by you know against Toronto. First of all, whenever you see him, he's the most visible player on the ice because of how big he is yeah, by default. <laughs> oh yeah. And I remember talking to Amanda Stein, who covers the Devils, uh, who's their team reporter. Mm -hmm. She said, you can see how much better Kevin Ball has gotten since the last time he was up here. He has developed. One of the things that I noticed is that he's much more of a physical um, defenseman, which was something that he was saying he was more of an offensive defenseman. And I'm like, with that frame, you can't just be an offensive defenseman. You have to be a two-way guy. And that's what you're seeing with Kevin Ball. He's the way he speaks to the media. He's more confident. You can see it, and a lot of that credit again goes to Kevin Deneen, Sergey Breland, and that entire coaching staff in Utica. So I'm excited to see those guys play. I don't know how long they're going to be here. I was surprised that they called up two guys, considering that we still have Yanni Kuokinen, but I, but maybe his injury is going to be a lot more long term than we originally thought. Um, but yeah, I, and then the thing, the funny thing, and I'm, I was wondering if you were going to bring this up was the whole situation with, 
uh, Christian Yarosh being put on waivers. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about Devils. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get we could get into that uh, in just a moment. But I'll say with regards to the prospects that I'd like to see, Zetterlin, I'd like to see Walsh because I think he really, really is a guy that is an under the radar type prospect. And we got to I've got to see my boy Graham Clark. I know he's had somewhat of a quiet season, but I still have a lot of faith in him because I still think he brings a lot to the table from an offensive perspective. Well, he missed some time too when he, he had the, the hand wrist injury there. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's all like two months. And I and I will tell you, just from watching Alex, because I'm a season ticket holder for the comments, so I go to all the home games. And of course, I have the AHL TV because you can't not watch him on the road, right? So, right, right. <laughs> uh, I will tell you that the development of Alexander Holtz just from a defensive side, everybody knows about the offensive tools. That's a given. Yeah, tell me about the defensive side. That's what I've been hearing. But I've seen enough. But let me tell tell me about that. Absolutely, because I mean, from the at the beginning of the season, it was like, does he realize that there's a defensive zone? Does he know? And now that I'm, I mean, listen, Alex, Alexander Holtz will never win the Selkie Trophy, but he is now a responsible in his zone. He comes back. He covers. I'll give you an example. I think it was Rochester a couple weeks ago. There was a turnover. Right in the in the comments end or in in the you know when the comments were on offense and he right, right. he came all the way back it was, they had a two on zero he skated all the way back and laid down in the lane and wow. blocked the pass coming across Alexander Holtz did this wow you know and he's also getting a little more physical too which is got to be music to your ears so oh, with him I, being over two hundred pounds and six yeah months, yeah he better he better be physical yep I want it. If he wants to be the next Alexander Ovechkin, he better start laying the body as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I will tell you that, you know, at, at first he, he did a lot of his work out on the perimeter, right? Mm-hmm. But now this guy is going to the net, getting to the dirty areas. He's doing it all. He, he really is. And the, just the, the one season arc that he's had has been phenomenal. So I, I, great to hear. I think you guys are going to be very, very well surprised. Uh, like I said, Hopefully he stays in Utica just for the rest of the season to finish it out. And uh, as much as as much as our Comets fans up here love him, got a feeling he's most certainly going to be down there in uh, East Rutherford or Newark next year. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, look, we we love Holtz. We know what he can bring to the table, and it is great to see and hear that he is doing well. And uh, you know, the Devils are gonna are gonna handle him not necessarily with kid gloves, but they want to make sure he he develops properly so that by the time he's coming up to the devils and playing full time, he doesn't miss a beat. He just comes in like Dawson Mercer did this year and just fits in very, very well. And I think that Holtz will do that next year. And I think it's better to just let him play out the rest of the year. He's cooking right now. Let him, let him get more and more confident and go from there. And I got to tell you him and Zetterlin are best friends. And it's oh, it's dude, awesome because they I ride to the ring together. Social media. Oh yeah, yeah I it, follow it, them on social media. They love each other. It's awesome. It's it's, it's they love each other so much. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, I think they spend more time with each other than they spend with their significant others. Oh, <laughs> they love each other. Yeah. Well, I, I actually I think they're they're roommates. I believe so. What episode you know, is this again? Never mind. <laughs> uh, and I will tell you that Zetterlin has a huge fan club here as well. My daughter oh, is like his number one fan. That's, that's and, oh yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Every every. How does how does Holtz not have his own fan club? And yet we have other guys. That's crazy. I, I don't that's know. Crazy. It's just kind of. I, I can't explain that. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it works. Hey, you know what? It works. You know, it's fine. I and like I said before, I love the energy that the Utica crowd has given this organization, and just makes it exciting for us as Devils fans 
to tune in and watch. I mean, we got to call it like it is a, a competent hockey team and play. I mean, my, my brother, who's a you know Devils fan like mm-hmm. himself, he'd been talking to me for weeks about like, yo, when are we just going to drive up to Utica and see a game? And I'm like, I mean, it probably wouldn't cost us very much, except gas prices are so stupidly high right now. It might be a second mortgage for the gas, but, you know. Tell you what, we can send a bill to Putin. No, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> once no, again, once again baiting. Nah, no. <laughs> you're playing with fire. No, yeah, I don't. The, let's stick to the hockey. I don't even want to get into all that. You got the red jersey on tonight. Come on. What's well, the Comets? I don't know. I'm just saying. It's not the Red Army. We don't call ourselves the Red Army team. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, really. Man. We don't have, uh, we don't have uh, all those talented guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really going to try to – get to a game before the season ends because I would love to go up there and experience that type of crowd and, you know, just see what it's all about. Cause all I've heard and what you guys have told me, it's unbelievable how much you guys support the team and it goes a long way for them so that when they come to New Jersey, they have that confidence, they have that support around them and it, it works out. I'm really excited to, to see that whole experience. Oh, absolutely. You know, you should come up for playoff time. That would be the best because oh, the weather yes. will be nice, right? Weather, yes, the weather will be nice. The weather will be nice. We'll hook you guys in. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll take you to the best restaurants. We'll, you'll you'll oh, be a celebrity dude. here. Oh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. I'll, I'll do – hey, we could even um, – We, we could do a live podcast. Again. Yeah. Exactly. You wanted to do – There your, it is. No, you wanted to do one, right? Yeah, we wanted to do one around the parking lot. Yeah. A big yeah, tailgate party. Be, yeah. Oh, yeah, just tailgate from Tailgate before a hockey game, I'm, I'm down. Serious. I'm absolutely down. We'll have a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, so, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll plan that out. We'll, we'll definitely plan that out. <laughs> For sure. Why should football have the corner of the market on tailgating? Yeah, why not? Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> but, Tell uh, Ball's I Army believe... to get out there. Oh, they will. Oh, Don't you worry not? about that. We might have the National Guard out there by the yeah, time we're like, done, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you one question about crowd response. So you hear how great it is, the Utica fans, how great they are. Yeah. What's that like compared to, you know, where the Devils play? I will say this, and I'm going to be very honest with you. Because of the fact of the lack of just good hockey we've had over the last, you know, decade, it's been harder. Um, you know, we were talking about before, we were talking about the Devils playing the Rangers I'm very honest with you. It was 80, it, it felt like 80% Rangers fans in the building in, in our home, home arena. And mm. that's not because the, the, there are not fans here in New Jersey. There are, it's just, we have gotten very frustrated and tired of the lack of being consistent and getting in the playoffs. But I will tell you this, if you go back and look at um, the crowds from 17, 18, when we were in the playoffs against Tampa, sure. we, we, we come out in waves, man. We come out, we, we fill the building. We stand up the whole game. That's what we do. So the way that we look at it is this. If we're bringing a good team, if the team on the ice is winning games and we're being successful, we're competing for the playoffs and getting in, the, the fans are going to be there just like they got in Utica. It's going to be that exciting and it's going to be that big. And I promise you that it's going to be worth it. And going to a Devils playoff game is one of the best you know things to do. It's phenomenal, especially – when the you know when we got ourselves going and we're scoring and things like that, especially with the offense, I don't know if you guys have seen recently, but we're averaging something like four or five goals a freaking game at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. We're we're really really clicking right now, and I think it's it's going to be interesting. And and that's a really good question because I think a lot of people always like to know. Okay, well the Devils fans know about the Utica crowd down, down there. What can Utica fans expect from Devils fans up here? And uh, 
you know, we at the end of the day, we just want to see our team do well. We want to we want to win. We want to win. We're, you know, for a long time we were one of the most respected franchises in the NHL. Things have certainly changed over the last um, decade here, but I mean, you look at the front page of hockey news right now. It's all about the Devils, and they said the Devils have created a beast. And it's only a matter of time before everything gets put in place to where we're really rocking and rolling. We get our offense going, our defense is solid, and we get competent goaltending. We are going to be a danger. <laughs> oh, we're going to be a danger. No, no dig honest. there. <laughs> I, I, gotta be, I have to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, once we get our team going and the fans are going to be there, it's it's going to be a blast. I promise you. It's gonna oh, be absolutely. Do you think that's a year off or two years off? I, I'm telling you, I think next year they're they're really going to start yeah. start turning around. And oh, I, I will tell you this: there's no excuse for next season because Tom Fitzgerald's job is on the line. Quite frankly, going into next year, because at this point, it's like, okay, you have this young talent; they've grown over the last two years. We need to find goaltending, and we need to start winning. And we, you know, it's no longer about we have to learn how to win. We now have to win these games. Yeah. We now have to, you know, not only compete. But win games where we come back from down two or three goals. We have to get that done. And that's going to be the expectation going into next year. No more excuses. You have to get into the playoffs. Right. And you got some money coming off the books, too. We got $9 million coming off the books for P.K. Subban, so I yeah. can't really complain. It. So there yeah, you go. <laughs> Tom Fitzgerald said point blank, he's going to try to make a big splash in free agency. I really have no idea who he's referring to. My money's on Johnny Gaudreau if he does reach free Ooh. agency, which – Bringing in a Jersey guy, granted he, grew up, granted, he grew up a Flyers fan, and we won't hold it against him if he but, comes here. True. But if he comes here as a star player from New Jersey, coming here, that's a, that's a sign right there that we're, we're ready to take that next step. I, we, need to, we need to do this. We need to win. It's now going next season. It's about winning. That's what it's going to be about. Well, you, you think about it. I mean, they've got their puck-moving defenseman and Dougie Hamilton, right? Extremely strong yeah, down the middle between so Jack watch. Hughes, who has been just incredible this season. Huh? Did, point, he's a point-per-game player. There it is. Pointing it up. And he's, now that yet, yeah, Nico? Nico's, Nico's on his way to probably having his best year since his rookie year. Jesper Brad is a superstar in the making. Dawson Mercer is is doing tremendous. And then we even got guys like you know Ryan Graves that uh, right. came in via trade and are playing very, very well. And then you look at the team that we have down in Utica – you can't help but get excited. And a guy like Luke Hughes has not even played a professional hockey game. No. Yet. And he's got Michigan in a position to potentially win a national championship. Yeah. So we have a lot. And we're we're probably going to get a top pick this year in the draft. I'm not wild about it, but we're going to probably get a top pick in the draft. Who knows who we end up picking? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I and mean, there's every reason in the world for, for Devils fans to be excited. And like I said, Holtz is going to be dynamite on, on either Hughes, he shears. Mercers. I mean, it's it's incredible the, the possibilities that are, are they're endless, Absolutely. really. Mm-hmm. And you know, another name that I wanted to bring up too for your free agency. I mean, yeah, Johnny Goudreau would be awesome, but I don't I don't know if uh, Nashville's gonna be able to re-sign Philip Forsberg. Sounds that like was, he wants to test the market. Oh, we've we've talked about it at great lengths here in Devil's World that uh, if Johnny Goudreau doesn't reach free agency, which we think that there's a chance he may not, can sit. It all depends on how far Calgary can really go right. in the playoffs. Um, if Philip Forsberg is there, the Devils are going to go after him point blank simple. They're going to go after him and they're going to do everything they can to get him, just like they did with Dougie Hamilton. Sure. When the Devils, the second that Dougie Hamilton became available, the Devils did everything they possibly could to get him and they got him. And that's what Tom Fitzgerald's about. Once he has his eyes on somebody, he does everything possible to convince him 
to come. Jonathan Bernier signed here because it's not every day that a legendary goalie like Marty Berner is calling you every other day, telling you that they want you, that he wants you to come and play for this team. Uh, I mean, it's, we have different, let's call it ways of convincing people to come play for this organization. Um, you know, it's kind of like the, um, we just, we're just very, uh, we're just very wise about it. We, 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 that's what you get when you're in Jersey. You kind of find creative ways to, uh, convince people. Um, but Phillip, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. What? No, nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. What does that mean? <laughs> I'll let you, uh, I'll let you speculate. Yeah, right. No, dude. Listen, be, be worried for me. I'm in the I'll studio with him. That's yeah. <laughs> I will, I will say this right now. Do not ask me about my business. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I, will right I will break your effing legs. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Philip Forsberg would be great, honestly, if we could get him. There's other guys out there, and we could also be in the position to trade for somebody as well. Sure, sure, no we doubt about it. A lot it. of different options moving forward. No doubt about it. And, you know, speaking of Marty Brodeur, he's going to be here in Utica April 6th for Marty Brodeur bobblehead night. <laughs> that is so cool. It is. That is just so cool. And uh, I know that you were, we had talked about this, but uh, I wanted to get your feelings on what happened with Christian Yarosh over the last uh, two or three days, let's call it. Uh, Do you, you want to put the context to that or shall I? I'll let you. That's, uh, I know you're dying <laughs> too. So that's a devil's, that's a devil's problem. Okay. Yeah. So for those of, for those people that don't know, Christian Yarosh was traded from San Jose to New Jersey in the offseason, and uh, he was going to be probably our seventh defenseman just in general. Um, he had played about 11 games this year with no points, no goals, and a plus-minus of minus four. So he really wasn't factoring into any sort of success. Um, just the day of the deadline, the Devils put him on waivers. He cleared. Um, and the Devils were going to send him down to Utica while Kevin Ball and A.J. Greer would go up to New Jersey's. What I had been told is that Yarosh was, for lack of a better term, very pissed off <laughs> that he was being sent down and did not want to go play down in Utica. So the Devils instead decided to terminate his contract, and he is no longer part of the Devils organization at all. And a lot of us here... As Devils fans said, why wouldn't he want to go someplace where he would probably play top four minutes? Sure. Because he would be one of the better defensemen on the team, you know, with experience. Play for a team that has a chance to win a championship. Why would he want to not do that and just be a free agent? My only thought is that maybe he feels like his skills are more suited to playing in the NHL now since he's like 26, 27. Um, and maybe it's more of a pride thing, but... I was thinking to myself when I saw it, I said, I wonder how uh, the guys at uh, at Marty's feel about all this. I wonder if they feel offended or what, whatever the case may be. You know what? I, I got to be honest with you. Here in Utica, we really don't care. <laughs> it's like, listen, you don't want to go play, play for a team that's in first place in the Eastern Conference, then suit yourself, whatever. Right. But I mean, exactly. if, he's, if he's that upset about being sent down, I mean... The, the, the deadline just passed. I mean, if he was really wanted, they could have somebody could have traded for him. So, you know, guess what, pal? Now he's a free agent, so now he has no – now he just has to sit around and wait to see if somebody picks him up. Well, you know what? He – best of luck, whatever. You know, good luck to you. Um, I can't see him catching on in the NHL for the rest of the season. And, you know, stuff like that kind of follows a player around too, right? Gives you like a bad reputation. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I could sympathize with him a little bit because him being at the age that he's at and, like, knowing that he had been playing in the NHL, I'm sure he was a little bit miffed about it. But at the same time, it wasn't like he was going to massively affect either side, whether playing still in New Jersey or going down to Utica. I think he would help in Utica. I don't doubt that. Um, But, again, he chose that he didn't want to play for the team. It's just funny how if you look up his name, he's still considered a part of the Utica Comets. Yeah, I don't really know. Well, that's why there's so much confusion. Right. Well, there's still confusion. We don't know if he is indeed with Utica or not. We don't really know if he's there. He might. He might. He might have his contract terminated by the Devils, but there's nothing stopping. I don't think stopping Utica if they come to some sort of an agreement where he signs for the rest of the season there. I don't know. Well, I can. I can tell you this. I mean, I I was at the game last night against Bridgeport. And every game I get a, a, a program because I want to see the rosters, you know, and all that. And he was on the Devils roster. I mean, I'm sorry, on the Comets roster. Nowhere to be found. Obviously, didn't play. Exactly. exactly. Uh, they gave him a number. <laughs> so okay. That's, I, that's great. It, it's, it's, the, it's the great hockey mystery of 2022, I guess. I don't know. Oh, it just, it's, it's weird. I mean, I look him up on Wikipedia and it says he's a defenseman for the Utica Comets while under contract with the Devils. Um, there's nothing. I, it's really weird. Like I go on elite prospects and it says that he's part of the Utica comments. I literally have no idea, but I, I will tell know. you I that. Yeah. Because I mean, if he was terminated by the devils, there has been no announcement as of I've seen of him signing mm-hmm. a, a contract with the comments. So I don't know. I mean, again, he, it says here that he is part of the Utica comments roster. I, I don't know what his whole deal is. I don't know what, um, what has been decided? I saw reports on, you know, Instagram from a really reliable source that said the Devils were planning on terminating his contract, um, and that was about it. And uh, oh, actually, here we go. Now I got something. Um, it says here that Christian Yaros, well, the Devils announced this yesterday. They placed him on unconditional waivers for the purpose of terminating his contract. So they put him back on waivers, and he has cleared. He cleared about six hours ago via cap friendly and now he is a unrestricted gotcha. free agent so give it a day or two and he probably won't be on the roster right right yeah maybe they put that on there weird, in anticipation or so, i don't know weird situation it just it was very strange it was very very strange yeah that's <laughs> i don't know <laughs> be honest with you. but like I, it's like i said from from the perspective here in the in comments land like oh okay hey. whatever <laughs> and this perspective from the devil's land is you know it happens it happens nobody cares (laughs) exactly Exactly. Uh, any other prospects down in Utica that you'd want to see by the end of the year Merrick's mittens yeah you know what I'm serious like I know people think it's like I'm I'm serious I've actually interacted with Merrick's mittens on, on on social media really nice guy like super dude and he's just happy to be playing hockey I think like he has this attitude of I'm just happy that I'm on a team playing hockey and that's like his attitude. And I've seen him play and I like, he just seems like a very, he's not like, he's not going to blow you away with his skills, but he just seems to be just solid. And that's right. all I'm asking for. Just right. I'm not saying it's Schmidt or Dawes is not solid, but I'm saying, you know, like it's, he's an intriguing guy because it's like, well, we've seen Schmidt, we've seen Dawes. What about this mittens guy? But then you obviously you'd have to sign him to an uh, NHL contract, which might maybe the devils don't want to do, but again, I would also like to see Schmidt up here again because I feel like 
I feel like personally, the times that he's been up here, he had no chance. Right. He had absolutely, right. This was before our offense started to click. We were just not scoring, and he was just being hung out to dry. Right. So I would like to see him come back up with the team the way that we're playing now and go from there. Like, that would be the cool thing. I'd be okay with Dawes being sent down to Utica for Sh- for Schmidt to come here. Maybe he doesn't play every game. He gets a rest. He gets a couple of days off. Hmm? And he comes up here and he plays here. And I don't think I don't think that's, that's too outlandish of an idea, in my opinion. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, I got to tell you, I've always kind of felt for Eric Mittens this season because obviously when Schmidt and Dawes were both out, he got a ton of playing time. But when oh, yeah. Schmidt or Dawes are here... He does, you know, he sits the bench a lot. So, I mean, that's hard for any goaltender to, to get into a rhythm when you're, you know, you're constantly just watching. I mean, you can practice till you're blue in the face. But if you're not getting actual playing time, and I'll tell you, he played Monday night against Cleveland, and he was solid. He really was. He's, so, you know, time will he's, tell. He's the, t- he's the type of guy that I can see being, like, in the NHL as, like, the backup goaltender that plays every now and then that just when he gets into the game, you feel comfortable around playing in front of him because he's going to make some solid saves. I think that's the important thing. Sure. And, as, and with a last name like Mittens, the endorsement opportunities are endless. <laughs> Most Devils fans don't even know who that is. And I'm telling you right now, if he came to Jersey and we and people saw that name, they'd say, wow, we need to run with this. We need, we need to run with this. And uh, that's the thing. When we get funny names like here in New Jersey, we run with it. Oh, we yeah. Absolutely run, run with it. So, I mean, it, it would happen. I mean, I would definitely have a podcast episode with something along the lines of mittens if uh, if uh, he was uh, if he was here. But um, you know, if he keeps playing a solid in net, I, I down in Utica, you got three goaltenders down in Utica with Dawes included that could probably win you a game any night. Sure, sure. So, it's a great problem so to have. Let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. It's a great problem to have down there. It hasn't been that great of a problem up here. Well, someday. Don't worry about it. Someday. It's coming. Let's hope. It's okay. Let's, let's, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Let's hope. Let's oh, hope. man. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this? We're going to go to commercial break real quick. Yep. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about the trade deadline overall and stuff. Uh, but before we go to commercial, like we always do, we're going to do breakaway trivia. And oh, breakaway right. trivia is brought to us by a couple of the guys from the Balls Army, as a matter of fact. Dave's going to put the graphics up there on the screen real quick. Oh, yeah, he's uh, oh, he's in rare form tonight, guys. It's yeah, a- <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, dude. I'm like, where are these things? Oh, so first of all, yeah, first, there right? we go. First of all, we got priceless home inspections from Josh Amodio. Uh, you can get a hold of him at 315-525-8725. You need your home inspected? That is the guy to call. And then, of course, there's Epic DJ Service. Uh, that's owned by Scott Schuster. You can't miss this guy at the at the Adirondack Bank Center. I'll tell you what that he's a kind of like the ringleader of the Balls Army. Anyways, get a hold of Scott at 315-219-3568 for all your DJ needs. So there you go. Now, on to breakaway trivia. So sort of a devil-centered one, but not really. Okay, so let's see if I can stump you with it. The team that we now know as the New Jersey Devils were once known as the Colorado Rockies. What I want to know is. Who is the Rockies' all-time leading scorer? The answer when we come back. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area 
Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, the Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our country music streaming radio station, or sign up for a weekly newsletter. Stop by today at MyBunFalls.com. You'll be glad you did. And we're back. I got to tell you, I, I say this every episode, and I'm going to say it again, and I'll probably say it for the rest of the time that we do this show. I love that song, that commercial. I can't get enough of it. Good one. It's, it is. It's like a great workout song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when have you worked out? I did a long time ago. Yeah, uh, okay. All right. It's, it's not showing. Somebody got dishes going? Yeah, it's, it's people in the background. Apologize. Ah, no oh, worries. Okay. No worries. Hey, no, it has ambiance. I, I like when it. I do, when, I, when I do live watch loads, it's the exact same thing. So <laughs> I, I, just, I cannot control <laughs> what goes on around me. No, uh, listen, it, it adds character to the show. I love it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyways, Neil, you want that breakaway trivia question one more time? Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. All right. So the team that we now know as the New Jersey Devils were at one time known as the Colorado Rockies. Who is the Rockies' all-time leading scorer? Now, see, I feel like this would be, like, easy for me to go, like, oh, it's probably, like, Lanny McDonald, but it's not. Nope. I'm going to go with Wilf Payment. Man. That's my guess. You, my friend, are an encyclopedia of hockey. I thought I for sure I was going to stump nope. you with that one. Nope. 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 Not a chance. Nope. He had, he had so, I think he had, like, 200. 50 points in his career with the Rockies. Very we're close. From, 254. Were you, about, yeah, were you talking about goal scoring or just points? Just points. Just points. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I think he also led overall in goals as well. Correct. Yeah, because Lanny wasn't there long enough to overtake him. Well, yeah, Lanny was traded from what? Toronto, I believe, yep. to Colorado because the owner of the Maple Leafs um, just didn't like him, quite with frankly. The infamous Harold Bell. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote a book about Harold Ballard. That was a bit, oh, that was fun. That was so much fun. Let's, talk about, let's not talk about that. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I, you know, you know the funny thing is that like the, the the Devils on MSG they also throw out like trivia like that, and that's how for me I was able to remember because I think they asked a question similar to that. Really, and his name came up, so I think it was kind of like we when we played Colorado, it came up because again, huh. you know, again the Rockies and stuff like that. So, and it's, again, isn't it great that I know these very little facts that probably most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that. Right, well, you just have to in... you just have to tell them who won the last time. Well, Dave, Dave's <laughs> standard answer is Gretzky, and that's what the answer was last week. So yeah, I know, I know that if I say it every time, there's a you know maybe one in ten chance. Huh? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I like it. I like yeah. it. I like it. Uh, but I'll tell you, remember how ugly those Rockies uniforms were, though. I just ugh. And I mean, blue, yellow, I, red. Ugh. I know Devils fans want to see a reverse retro of it. I'm scared. I'm very <laughs> scared. 
uh, especially after the black alternate we tried this year. I'm very scared <laughs> moving forward to see um, what we do. Uh, but uh, I guess I could always hope that it comes out okay. <laughs> One can only tell. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, let's talk about that trade deadline that just passed. Um, overall, lots of different trades made. Uh, Eastern Conference seems loaded right up. But mm-hmm. in regards to the Devils, are you surprised that they didn't make more moves? No, and I'll be very honest with you. Look, we had two guys that are UFAs. P.K. Subban with $9 million on his contract, and who wants that? Who can afford that? Period? Right. Even, even, even if you 50%, even a 50% retained salary, nobody nobody wanted. He's The devil said, hey, he's available. And Fitzgerald said he didn't get a single call for weeks about Subban. It was very obvious that Subban was not going anywhere. And then Jimmy Vesey. I think if he had been dealt in like November, I think the devils would have gotten some for him because he was playing well. He just, he's, he doesn't bring a whole lot to another team. So right. again, it's like that. And the other thing is this. Tom Fitzgerald is not going to make a deal just to make a deal. He wanted to make a deal that would be beneficial to the player themselves and also to the team. I don't know what that I don't know what he was looking for or whatever the case may be, but that was not that. Then you heard about Pavel Zaka, who's an RFA at season's mm-hmm. end that could be on the move. He very he still very much could be at the move um in the offseason. Damon Severson as well. He's got one more one more year left on his contract. Um, guys, Mackenzie Blackwood was a, a wild card that was put out there by Frank Saravalli about potentially being on the move. Um, but I knew that, especially with every deadline, it's usually just rumors and not a lot that actually happens. Right. Although this year was the most deals we've ever had in one trade deadline, 33 to be exact. So that was kind of a, even though most of them were very, were very minor, it was still kind of a thing. The only way I would have been surprised if the Devils did absolutely nothing not even getting Andrew Hammond. I knew the Devils had to get a goalie. I didn't know who that was. I didn't know how they were going to do it. They had to get somebody. So when they when they originally picked up Hammond before I knew about the injury and stuff, I wasn't against it. I said, you know what? Why not? You can't, right? We've tried literally everything else. It cannot hurt. His contract comes up at the end of the year. So again, once the season's over, okay, you did your job. Let's move forward. Right. That's kind of the, so when they did it, I was fine. But like we talked about before, not wild about the fact that we had to give up a prospect. I know Nate Schnarr is not considered one of our elite top prospects, but he was part of the Taylor Hall trade and he was actually having a pretty good year in Utica. Sure was. So I was kind of like miffed about it because a lot of us said, you mean to tell me that we couldn't have just given up cash consider or future considerations for this guy? You mean to tell me who hasn't played consistently since 1718? We had to give up a prospect. It was very, very strange. Um, and I feel bad for Schnarr because, you know, I he was, a, he was a guy that we all were kind of curious to know what was his whole deal. And uh, I guess now we won't know. It'll be interesting to see with the Devils playing Montreal on Sunday if he does actually get called up. I don't think he will, but he could. And we may see him with a Canadian sweater on. Hammond may play in that game. I don't know, but... Other than that, was not surprised the Devils didn't do anything. I said it before and I'll say it again. Tom Fitzgerald made it very clear. This offseason is where the big moves are going to happen. Sure. We have more time. We can figure it out. We'll have more cap space. We have a then there's no time pressure to get something done by three, four o'clock, whatever it was. So from the Devils' perspective, I'm totally fine. 
A lot of other people were pissed off for reasons that I cannot understand, but it's fine. Right. We, we did, you know, we're, we, we don't have a lot to offer. We're trying to get through the rest of the season and go from there. Anybody who's worth anything significant is part of our core. And we're not going to move that unless you blow us away. Right. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. And especially like a guy like Damon Seamerson, you don't want to just dump him just for the sake of dumping him. But I mean, I was, you know what? I was actually, and I, maybe they did. I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't kick the tires, at least on Devin Dubnik. I mean, he did play for yeah, the Canadian I, I national team what, at the Olympics. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if maybe because, I, yeah, I really, there's no, like, I try to think, was it a financial reason? No. Was it a, like, no, he was not, he, he's not signed, if I'm not mistaken. No, he's not. He's a, he's a he's not free agent. Yeah, so, I mean, there was, you know, there were other options. I don't know, but again, Fitzgerald may have just felt forced and this was the best option he could find. I, I just, I don't know. He's just in a very tough situation with the sure. goaltending in general. And he maybe felt the heat a little bit from us in the fan base to say, you have to get somebody in here from a goalie perspective. Right. And Dubnik would have been fine, but maybe for all we know, Dubnik wanted, you know, more money. Maybe he wanted to sign for more than one year. Maybe the devils did call. Right. That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Were like, yeah, I mean, I say it all the time. There could have been deals that could have happened that we never know about because it didn't work out in one way or another. It doesn't mean the Devils didn't try. I think they certainly tried. I think this might have been the best option. Sure. Wouldn't it be great? Remember that show, Unsolved Mysteries? Wouldn't it be great if there was like an yes. NHL version of that? <laughs> Ten years ago at the 2020, 2022 yeah. trade deadline, yeah, the New exactly. Jersey Devils. Dun-dun. <laughs> Dun-dun. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I, strange. I it's strange. I don't have like, that kind of music. <laughs> But when when we picked up Andrew Hammond, I was like, wait, we picked up the Hamburglar? And the best part was that most of us, most of our fans don't even know who the Hamburglar is. And I'm like, how can you not, how can you consider yourself a hockey fan if right. you don't know about Andrew Hammond? I don't like. It wasn't that long like, ago. No, it wasn't. It was only like three or four years yeah. ago. That's the funny part. It wasn't like, oh, this happened a decade ago and the man is washed. I mean, this dude is still playing. I know Ben Scribbins was available. I don't know what happened. Actually, I think he might have retired. I don't think he was. Yeah, he did. They, they could have asked him if he wanted to come out of retirement to play a couple of games. Couldn't hurt. Right. Um, there was uh, Satiri, that that Finnish goaltender who played the Olympics. That's right. That was that was on waivers. They, the Devils could have easily picked him up. I don't know exactly what the decision-making was, but I will say this. Andrew Hammond may be one of the most well-dressed uh, players on our team, considering what I saw yesterday in his interview on MSG. He's a very well-dressed individual. <laughs> so his skate out song is going to be sharp dressed man from ZZ top, right? Yeah. Or it's <laughs> going to be like suit and tie by, uh, yeah. by Justin Timberlake. Or something <laughs> like that. Oh boy. The, uh, the, the devil's notwithstanding. What other trades did you like that were made by other teams? I mean, one or two. I, I like the Claude Giroux trade to Florida because I think Claude Giroux is still playing at such a high level. And you look at what he's able to do from a face-off perspective, you know, being really, really consistent on the power play. I think he just brings another dynamic. And it makes me excited as a hockey fan to say, can you imagine if the Florida Panthers make a deep run and even get into the Stanley Cup? The Florida Panthers, ladies and gentlemen, who, yes, in 1996, with Tom Fitzgerald as their captain, That's right. did make the Stanley Cup Finals. And a rat. <laughs> right? Exactly. You're the rat. It's It, it would be fun. Would it? And then – so I like that move, and I really like the uh, Marc-Andre Fleury deal to Minnesota. Because yeah. Because 
the Minnesota Wild, we've never seen them in the Stanley Cup Finals. The closest they got was 2003 uh, when they lost in the Western Conference Finals to Anaheim. I can only imagine how crazy it would be a Stanley Cup Finals game in the state of hockey in Minnesota with it being packed and everything like that. It would be phenomenal. And I think that Minnesota has the pieces with adding Flurry to make a deep run. Their offense is very consistent. Their defense, really good. Goaltending was a question mark. Unfortunately, they had to get rid of their young goaltender, Kapo Kakinen, because he wasn't on a two-way deal, so he couldn't go down to the Iowa Wild. Mm-hmm. So he had to get dealt, which could that come to bite the, the Wild in the future? Possibly, possibly. But I think right now, I think their chances are better and they become a much more dark horse team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So the Claude Giroux deal to Florida and the Marc-Andre Fleury deal to Minnesota are the two that I really like the most from this deadline. Yeah, that's it. And you know what? I And and I know you probably don't want to hear it, but I actually thought the Penguins did a good job of getting Ricard Raquel. Uh, I just like I said, watching him. a lot of Western Conference games, I think he's going to work out very well there, and especially if he's I was on surprised on that he got line. dealt to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought it was going to be Boston. Boston was calling him, and yeah, they already they had acquired Hampus Lindholm earlier in the day mm-hmm. and signed him to an extension. I thought, well, Ricard Raquel is next, right? It's got to be because, but all of a sudden when I heard it was Pittsburgh, I said, well, that came out of nowhere because I didn't hear Pitts. I thought Pittsburgh was just going to be like, we have our team, right? Let's go from there. I don't mind the deal at all. I don't even. It doesn't even hurt them. That much, honestly, when you look at it, you know, they gave up Zach Aston Reese and no disrespect to Zach Aston Reese. He's not, it's nothing to write home about. And I think it's a good move. And I, and I like, and like, you know, Pittsburgh's just going to be a factor in the playoffs again. I mean, that's sure. just basically what it is. They added scoring. They needed scoring and that's what they did. I got to tell you something though. I'm surprised that the Penguins didn't get another goalie. And just for the simple fact that if something should happen to Tristan Jari, are you going to trust a run to Casey DeSmith? No. I mean, Not at all. And, and you know, there's. I was listening to the uh, NHL radio today, and they were talking about uh, Varlamov from the Islanders. Mm. And I'm surprised he didn't get moved. You know really what? Surprised by Edmonton that. needed goaltending in the worst way, but I guess the deal fell apart. Vegas, for... Vegas needed goaltending in the worst way. <laughs> I don't think Vegas could afford him, especially that no. Dadnoff deal that just yeah. doesn't exist. Let's talk about that for a second. Oh, dude. Is that not the funniest John... thing you've ever seen or what? No, talk... no forget Dadnoff. We have to talk about John Moore. Yeah. John Moore, former devil. He had the greatest, greatest situation of all time. He gets sent down to the minors, and he, and he's, he's, he's torn because it's like, wait a minute. Am I going to play for the Vegas minor league team or the Anaheim team tonight? What am I doing? I have no idea. There was a jersey for him for either team. That is literally how it went down. So he, it's the funniest thing to me. He probably got in his car, drove halfway between Henderson, Nevada, and San Diego, California, and just waited for the right. call. That's and he's just like, well, I'll just sit here and wait till someone tells me otherwise. And uh, I don't know how Vegas is legally allowed right now to have the team that they have. They don't even – the worst part about this, because Dadnoff didn't get moved, is that now they can't remove yeah. Mark Stone from long-term IR. They can't legally – they don't have the room. I don't think so they can do it with uh, Martinez either. Right, and Jack Eichel's hurt, and they're thinking about putting him on long-term IR. I, I, I don't know how the hell – Big, like it, it's gonna get to the point where I'm gonna laugh and say, "Watch the NHL just go." Okay, you are not legally allowed to play in the playoffs. <laughs> like, even I don't care if you win it. They're not even in a playoff spot right now. Right. They've lost several in a row. 
So it might be better for them to not make the playoffs because they're in a lot of question marks. But talking about the goaltending you know, market in general, I just think the asking price for some of these guys was too much. I know that Flurry went for a conditional first, mm-hmm. but there was also this factor. He didn't want to go too far away from his family. And Chicago to Minnesota is not too not bad. Not too bad, right. It's really not. But I just think that teams were asking for way more than they probably should. Georgiev, I'm sure he was getting a lot of offers, but I'm sure the asking price was too much. Now, he's still going to get moved in the offseason, sure. according to what the Rangers have said. Varlamov, the, the, the Islanders didn't do anything, which I would have thought they would have done something, but they got older because they they re-signed Cal Clutterbuck to a deal. They brought back Zach Parise. That is probably, what, the oldest team in the NHL at this mm-hmm. point? And Varlamov is still there. And you know that Sorokin is your number one guy long term. I understand that you want to have two good goaltenders, but Varlamov was a, a hot commodity. Yeah. You need to tell me that you didn't have any good offers? I doubt that. And okay. for and for and look at it this way: Does Edmonton really think that that uh you know Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen? Or, yeah, Miko Koskinen. You think one of those guys is going to carry you long term? You think they learned from last season? No, they didn't. <laughs> no. It's Edmonton. They don't learn from their own mistakes. <laughs> They don't. So it's unbelievable. I don't know how I don't know how Connor McDavid just doesn't lose his mind. I really don't know how he keeps him and Drysaddle. I don't know. I mean, Drysaddle's pissy anyway, so I'm sure that that's fine. well. They're all getting that way now, you know. But how does like Connor McDavid not look at this team and go, "What are we doing? What is going on? You all, you got a Vander Kane for nothing. You didn't need a Vander Kane, quite frankly. You need a goaltender, and you had options. There was you didn't try any. You could have gotten Andrew Hammond if you wanted to. True. I don't, True. I don't know exactly. You could have gotten Devin Dubnik, who played in Edmonton at one point, in my, if I remember correctly. That's right. I, I, I don't know what Ken Holland is doing. I don't know. There were some questionable decisions by some teams in this trade deadline that didn't do anything. So that's kind of the crazy part. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at, at the Edmonton Oilers... Right, they have what six of their players occupy like 35 40 percent of their cap. Isn't it great? So, what are they gonna do? <laughs> hey, I don't know. What, Listen, I don't know what as long as they don't do what Vegas does, all right? <laughs> no, Vegas has like, but they created I mean, their own problems, have, Vegas. No, they're, they're gonna have like Jack Geico, Mark Stone. Alec Martinez not playing the playoffs just because they can't afford to have him on the roster. I mean, that's where it's going to get to. And I don't like, how is this legally possible? That's the question I have. How is this legally possible? I don't know how how it can be that way. Do you think that maybe, and of course, they won't be able to do anything about it until the next uh, collective bargaining agreement. But do you think maybe they just need to figure something out, something different, I guess, with this LTIR and being able to skirt around with, you know, well, if we have this amount to be able to go over, we can, or the one that kills me are these teams that, that trade for these dead contracts that are on LTIR. Right. You know, I don't know. To me, it's it's almost like why bother with a salary cap if there's going to be all these different ways to. I mean, granted, it creates a lot of make drama. It, make it like but, baseball then. Make it like baseball then. Just have a luxury tax and let's go and let's go. Yeah, I mean, at, at some point, right? I mean, because there's just so many like gymnastics and shenanigans, and yeah. they're going to get around it. Where you there's a will, there's a way. Ask the Lightning; they'll tell you. Actually, it was the Blackhawks right, exactly. that started all that. 
The Blackhawks started it, then the Lightning. And look, everybody flipped out on the Lightning. But then again, once you saw what the ruling was, what did the Lightning do wrong? They didn't do they anything didn't illegal. Do anything wrong. Everybody Nothing. Everybody they cheated to a cup. No, they didn't. They literally just played the game. They played the yeah. game by its rules. Don't hate the player, hate the game, man. Like, that's the way you got to look at it. When you look at this whole situation, it's just it, it's just out of control. It really is. And, and Vegas, the funny thing from Vegas' standpoint is that it's not even working in their favor. That's the funny no. part. It worked out in in um in Tampa's favor because they went to win a, another cup. Mm-hmm. It's not working out for Vegas, who may not even make the playoffs. And it's it's kind of a question mark as to where we go from there with that. So it's just how did I I I, I was saying to myself this was going to be such a busy deadline because teams like Vegas were going to have to move have to move people to get legally under the cap. And when nothing happened, I said, wait a minute. How are they allowed to go on the ice right now? Like, I don't understand, like, where are we, what's going on with it? But you have to remember this. Before the pandemic, the salary cap was going to go up dramatically. Right. I think there's something like $95, $96 million. Right. Well, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, the salary cap has been stagnated at $86 million for the last three years. And it's not going to improve for another three or four years. So this is the reality that we're all in, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to find ways to figure it out. That's why I give Boston a lot of credit. Boston makes big moves every year. But what you don't know, what you don't notice, is that they're able to get guys also on deals that are long, yes. But AAV-wise, oh my God. not too bad. It's incredible. Bad. Look at Look at this situation. I didn't think the Boston Bruins would have enough cap space next year to re-sign Patrice Bergeron. But now that uh, Tuka Rask has retired, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the amount of money now that Boston gets with every move that they made and everything that they have, they could still sign Patrice Bergeron to a long-term deal. Right. Which is a job well done by the Bruins, I might say. Sure. And that's impressive in itself. Sure, of course. And, you know, and that's why when people bring up Connor McDavid, like, oh, you got to feel bad for Connor McDavid. Look what they're – I don't feel bad I for him. Bad. His cap hit is $12.5 million. Okay, so, yeah, he's the most exciting player in the game. I get it. And he wants to get paid, and he is getting paid. Believe me. I get it. He's getting paid. But you got a Leon Dreisaitl on that team who's taking up, what, $9 million. They had to $9 give uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I believe it was six and a half, seven million, six something nine, like that. Seven, seven million, yep. Something right there. Darnell Nurse got paid. You know, so the, the whole thing kind of comes back they to. They paid a premium for Duncan Keith. Yeah. They paid a premium for Duncan Keith. Yeah, so to me, I. I can't feel sorry for him because if he was really that concerned about putting that winner together up there, maybe swallow your pride and say, well, I'll take 10 and a half instead of 12 and a half. I'll take four and a half. You know, just to, yeah. being, okay. seri- being serious. Yeah. You know, if you're really that serious about wanting to put together that contender, knowing in this salary cap world that you got to divide the pie up a little bit more evenly. All okay. right. That's all I got to say about Tim because that's, you know, Whatever, I don't, again, watching a lot of Western Conference, I don't feel sorry for the Edmonton Oilers. Nor the Vegas Golden Knights, no, I, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think you. a lot of people are. I don't think a lot of people are. Honestly, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, I feel like Connor McDavid's a great player, but, I mean, he dug his own grave because he saw, I mean, granted, it was probably more of his agent, and I get that. But, you know, look, Edmonton doesn't want to have to trade another one of its once-in-a-generational talents. Yeah. Um, he could still get moved. I'm not saying it's not impossible, but it well, is what it is. 
If he's got a no move clause, they better make sure it's registered uh, with the, all the teams involved because uh, we've seen how those kind of slipped through the cracks now, didn't we? I don't know how. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm going to get so much mileage out of that. I know. I know. It was the, the thing was, is that like he got dealt and then like an hour later, it's like, oh, newsflash. He has a no trade clause. And Vegas goes, oh, we didn't know that. And I'm like, I'm like, so let me see if I understand this correctly. You, you, you traded for him, right? And he didn't, and it, it didn't cross your mind at all that he didn't that he had that. And if getting Dadnoff, I look, I don't blame him oh. for going like I don't want to go here because this man has been passed around like a joint, sure, like the last couple of years. <laughs> he went from Florida to Ottawa to Ottawa to Vegas, and now he's trying. He almost got dealt to Anaheim. I mean, it's just he can't find a stable home, and I'm sure it's pissing him off. Sure. I'm sure it's pissing them off. And I mean, I'm sure the people I'm sure the people in the organization are not too thrilled about having Dadenoff still in the locker room right now. No. No, but you know what? Oh well. Because I mean one of the reasons go screw. One of the reasons I saw it, because I mean you're talking about tax rates, right? There's no state income tax in Nevada. Whereas California is gonna be paying out the nose. So, you know. Yeah. Hey, whatever floats them, man. You know, that's why they have those. Whatever helps them sleep at night. But I just, it just kind of astounds me that the Vegas management just couldn't go www.capfriendly.com. Oh, let's click on our, oh, what's that NTC next to his name? Well, we've got to look into this. Oh, well. Uh, (laughs) You know what? Vegas deserves everything that they get thrown at them. Pretty much. They deserve everything that's thrown at them. They don't know what it's like to suffer, and now they're starting to suffer. And so it's just, you know what? It's exactly. Fine. You had your moment in the sun, all that stuff. Congratulations. Now you become one of us. And Seattle, this is why people like Seattle, because Seattle was just like, no, we're just going to suck. Yeah, we're, we're just going to take it out of the chin for a few years. Suck. No worries. We're just, you know, Rod Francis is like, what? like he basically said to his families, all right, look, here's the deal. We're going to suck for a couple of years. But just stay with us. And you know what? Seattle fans are like, that's cool. We have a hockey team. Yeah. Yeah, they might suck, but we have a hockey team. Yeah. And and the best part is, is they're, they've got competition in that market and they're being supported. Vegas hasn't had, at the time, no competition until the Raiders showed up. But And now look at the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders no kidding. Got some, no kidding. Got Devontae Adams. They wow. got Chandler Jones now. I mean, they still got DC, who I think is a very good quarterback. Josh McDaniels concerns the crap out of me. Uh, really does. Um, and I mean, look, we're in position to maybe get Stefan Gilmore and even Odell Beckham if he wants to come. Yeah. I mean, we got, you know, we've become the talk of the, the talk of the, the town and, Jeez. uh, Vegas, I said, Vegas had to get themselves a fan base before the Raiders got there. Cause once the Raiders get there, Yipper. Raider, Raider nation, uh, comes out in full force. Look out, look out. Oh, yeah. So post trade deadline prediction time, who comes out of the Eastern conference? So you want to you want me to still go based off of what I said at the beginning of the year when you asked me this question? <laughs> Which, uh, hey, listen, to credit I'm going to tell you something right now. You, Don't you feel bad. For, no, here's the thing: you have to give me credit for Calgary because I said Calgary. You did. The year, and Calgary is kicking butt because I said to you they were going to do it. But look at it from the Eastern Conference. I hate saying this, but until proven otherwise, I'm still going to go with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Until proven otherwise, I think it's because. They haven't shown any signs of stop of slowing down. Everybody's talking about Florida and other Eastern Conference, the Rangers and teams like that. 
But we just casually forget, oh, yeah, Tampa, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, they're still doing their thing. Yeah. And they got Brandon Hagel for <sighs> a stupid amount of assets. God, I can't believe the how much they that, gave up. The fact that a bottom six player was worth two first-round picks is absolutely hilarious to me. And the Blackhawks, Blackhawks fans that I talked to were like, well, we didn't expect him to get dealt. And Jonathan Tay said it himself. Well, if that guy's getting dealt and he was part of our young core, we're all going to get dealt at some point. Yeah, yeah but look what they got exactly. back. <laughs> Jeez. I'm sure the Blackhawks were like, you, like, I'm sure that they called the lady and said, you're not serious, right? Like, are you <laughs> see, like this is what you want? It's like, all right, cool. Sick. Yeah. I mean, it's like the GM. It's like the GM of the LA Rams who had the the shirt that said "F them picks." Yeah. It's literally just what like Tampa does. Like, ah, it says F we don't need those picks. things. Right, exactly. There's free agents everywhere. Don't worry about right, it. Exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, I, I'm gonna go with Tampa because I still think Tampa's the team to beat in the East. And as far as the West, you know, Calgary is still there. Calgary could still make noise. Minnesota's there. Um. I think a year without Vegas in the playoffs would just be fun in general because I'd just be like, okay, I don't have a team to hate in the West. Let's have yeah. let's just, whoever gets out of it, who gets out of it. I think it'd be fun to see a Western, uh, just a Canadian team in general get back again. So I think I'll go. I think I'll stick with my pick with Calgary because I like what they've done. Getting Tyler Toffoli for what they got, they didn't give up a whole lot to get him. I, I'm just pointing that out. And also they got Kelly Yarncrook, which I thought was a really under the radar move. So I like what Calgary has done with the team that they have in place. And once they get their offense running, as I've seen before, they're they're a tough team to beat. They're a very tough team to beat. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, your your preseason picks were much better than mine. I mean, I had Winnipeg and the Islanders. <laughs> nope. Yikes. Oops. And I admit it. I admit that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know. I, to be fair, not everybody admits when they're completely wrong. Hey, sometimes, you, especially mine's recorded, so I have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're right about Calgary out of the West. I mean, you know, everybody's saying Colorado, but I just Daryl Sutter has done such a, a fantastic job with that team, and we've seen what happens when teams buy into Daryl Sutter. Right? They win Stanley Cups. Yep. 2012, 2014 yeah. with the LA Kings, and that that that, that Calgary team reminds me something of the Kings in those those runs. Yeah, I can tough, see that. Tough to play against, you know. Good. There's nothing that they do the best, but they just do everything well, which is what yeah, you need in the playoffs. Have, they don't have to be spectacular, and you don't need that in the playoffs either. And I like Markstrom in the playoffs. I think he's a very solid goaltender. Uh, Vladard, who has one of the best goalie names in the NHL. I mean, he's he's still a very reliable. He's a he's a very reliable goaltender as well. I'm sure Boston would love to have him right now. Um, you know, it's it's really good. Daryl Sutter. Everybody was skeptical when he came in at the you know towards the end of last year, but now that he's had a year under his you know a year now with this team, you could see the results. And again, if Calgary doesn't get it done, this core is getting broken up. I, yeah, I said it at the beginning of the year. It's going to happen. Yeah, they're not going to be able to afford him. If they get bounced in the first round, right? They like lose, get swept in the first round, you know, Tampa Bay style. Sure. And, you know, that's it. it. There's no way. It may still be like the end, regardless of what happens. If they go on and win the cup, they may still gut the team. I don't really know what's going to happen long term, but I feel like that's you're seeing a desperate hockey team, a team that yeah. knows that they, they have this motivation to get it done. 
And I think that's what you're seeing right now. I think that's fair. And I got to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to differ with you a little bit in the East and I'm going to preface this by almost contradicting myself because me personally, I'm not a firm believer in huge trade deadline deals making that much of a difference because more oftentimes than not, they fall flat on their face. And I think part of that is, is because the NHL trade deadline is actually too close to the end of the season. So in other words, new players don't get enough time to acclimate to the new team, right? Right, right. But I think based off what they've shown all year long, I think this is going to be the Florida Panthers year. Mm. I I just, I have that feeling, right? Right. I like it. Sergey Sergey Bobrovsky again. You know, last year was like, oh my God, where'd he go? What happened to him, right? Right. But this year, yeah, now he looks like that two-time Vezina Trophy winner again. They're loaded top to bottom. They're, I don't really see a weakness in this Florida team. Yeah. And, I, and I got it. I mean, whoever comes out of that Easter, that, that's going to be an absolute war in the East. I would favor the East to probably win the cup this year. Over yeah. The West. I yeah. think it's just more top heavy on the East. I mean, you got Boston and, and Washington as wildcard teams. I mean, that's how deep this Eastern conference is. It's going to be a dog fight. Oh, it is. Oh, there's no doubt about it. There's there's going to be war wounds all over the place after that one. I'm just glad that we're going to go back to a regular playoffs yeah. this year. That's what I'm happy if It's like, okay, now we're back to here. I'm not looking forward to ESPN covering games because they're not going to do a good job. They haven't done a good job. Eh, TNT is phenomenal. Yeah. I love every, every single thing that TNT has done is great. Totally I agree. Love, love what they've done. Biz needs to be a part of every playoff game. <laughs> he needs to be. He needs to be chugging a Red Bull before every. Yeah. Game. When I when I saw that, when I saw that, I was like, "Yep, this is great." No, because like even the non hockey fans will look at that and go, "Wow, that's really funny." That's yeah. really funny. People, I know people who I know people who are massive barstool sports fans don't know a thing about hockey, but they know Paul Bissonnette. Oh yeah, because of spitting chicklets, they know him, and that's good. That's good for the game. It is. It really is, and I and I love it. I absolutely love it. That's it. I mean, that's just that's exactly what hockey needs. It's just more characters like that, and that's yeah. that, that guy is just a character that's what's through so and through. Important with Jack Hughes, that's what's so important with Jack Hughes and his personality. Right, he's going to be one of those kids moving forward that's going to be that next generation of athletes in the NHL who are going to express themselves and not be status quo, right? And things like that. So, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I and I think there's a bright future on the horizon for the NHL as far as that goes. Uh, you know, especially, you know, the kids coming up now, they're very, uh, very TikTok savvy, very you know, social media savvy. Uh, TikTok. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not TikTok savvy. I, I am not either. Forward. Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. I have a hard enough time with Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were Snapchatting the show. No, 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 no. Uh, no, like that's the last time I saw. I like the last time I saw Dave on the screen. He had a different shirt or jacket on. Now he's got that on. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, how perceptive you are. Yeah. No, that's it's uh, it's, it's random but, stuff. That so I noticed what happened was, I didn't forget that the show was tonight. I just didn't. You know, my my studio gets really cold. And so yeah, I have to open this other door to the other part of the house and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and set this thing up and turn the, I've got a, it, when it's cold here, I've got a little heater in there that I set up usually the night before. Well, okay. So I didn't do that. And I was sitting here thinking it's going to, I'm going to freeze my butt off in here. <laughs> so I had a wool shirt, this 
this fleece, whatever the hell, and I don't know what fleece is either, but that's what my wife says it is. Just take her so advice. I, I, yeah, that's I just, I'm like, okay, it's fleece. I know I sound cool, but I don't know what that means. I love it. And then I had my uh, Sabres hoodie, you know, kind nice. of look. Uh, well, hey, listen, that, you, know, you, you had to have a wardrobe change. I did. That was all. I was dying over here. I was like, okay. He's in such fact, a celebrity, he needed a wardrobe change. In fact, Incredible. <laughs> It is. It is. He Nick, did it. Nick's going to ask for a makeup, uh, makeup artist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I waved her off. I texted her. <laughs> he comes back no, looking like Gene Simmons. Like, oh, what happened to him? <laughs> no, I said, I did text her. And I said, you got to turn the heat down. I'm dying in here. <laughs> turn it down to 71. I can't take it anymore because I was so cold before. Anyway. It's a long uh, only at Marty's legal stick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Only. <laughs> Why do you think I love coming on here every chance I get? This is great, isn't it? The voice. Exactly. It's wonderful. I, I have such a great time. So. <laughs> uh, just a couple of other small items just to wrap up with. Uh, happy birthday that's to Bobby good. Orr. He turned 74 on Sunday. Damn. That's yeah. another name I might use sometimes. There you go. Exactly. You know, I just gave you another one for the Trivia Howe, Bank. Oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong with one of those three. Wayne Gretzky, yeah. Gordie Howe, Bobby Orr. Yeah. Right. Who else? Exactly. Who else do I? Uh, can't think of who else. I usually have got like four or five. Well, we'll give names. you a goalie. Use this Martin Brodor. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. That'll be your goalie. If, we, right. if we ask goalie questions, go with him. There you go. We did, didn't we? One time. I think so. Yeah. I can't remember. I think I got that one right. Well, again, well, when you, listen, you are like a multiple choice question on breakaway <laughs> trivia, okay? You just kind of throw the dart and like, okay, I got a 25% chance of being right. That's it. 25%? <laughs> I'm being generous. That's, that's, that's uh, pretty generous. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, damn. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> i tell you, though, Bobby Orr, could you imagine what would have been if his knees had held up? Probably wouldn't be the greatest player to ever play. Oh, obviously. my gosh. I think overall skill level, I think he probably would have been. Man, unreal. Unreal. It's too bad. And instead, but. Of it being, and instead of it being Tim Horton's coffee, we'd be calling it Bobby Orr coffee. Yeah, right? Well, there's still a possibility of that. Maybe maybe it's what we ought to do. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure we can, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk He's him into it. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just so you do all the work and then, you know, yeah. he gets a royalty off of it, use of his name. Sure, why not? Why not? Yeah. I wouldn't complain. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I know a guy. Check every week. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, boy. That means you know who I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do. Yeah, yes, right. I do. So, okay. uh, anyway, for our, for our local listeners, uh, Neil, I don't know if you heard about uh, Utica Pioneers men's hockey team up here. They yeah. were. I did. They were ranked number two uh, in the Division Three NCAA. Uh, they lost their quarterfinal game this past Saturday, unfortunately, against the University of New England Nor'easters by a score of two to nothing. So the Division Three Frozen Four now consists of Adrian College, Geneseo, Augsburg, and of course the University of New England. Um, heartbreaker for the guys to lose. Heartbreaker, absolute heartbreaker. I mean, I will say that the New England goaltender stood on his head. Uh, Billy Gerard was awesome, but there was some good news. Believe it or not, yesterday they announced that uh, the Pioneers have five players that have been named All-Americans. Uh, they are, to the first team, are Justin Allen, Regan Cavanaugh, and Dante Sabata. And then on the second team were Buster Larson and Jason Dobay. So, yeah, good news there. I mean, a salute to those guys for the fine season that they put together. Absolutely. And uh, I tell you, they're, they're still a young team, so they're going to be some uh, good times coming in Utica. And Absolutely. We might have some more news to talk about next week, but we'll save that for next week. That's uh, 
So, anyways, Neil, tell us about yeah. these watch alongs because it, tell the audience because I've been watching them with you. I mean, man, they are so much fun. Tell us yeah, all about so, it. Yeah, so uh, you know, since about mid, you know, uh, late September, early October, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network created their own YouTube channel. And uh, my good friend and the guy who's in charge of it all, Josh Deming, he came on board at that time and gave us the idea that, you know, we sit and we watch the game along with fans while, the, you know, we're uh, live on live on the YouTube channel and interacting, as you've seen many a times. And uh, I've I've become somewhat pretty popular and pretty well demanded on these. I, do I wonder why. These. I, yeah, <laughs> I do wonder why sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I really enjoy it because we have a really good following. We've gotten, you know, we have well over a thousand subscribers that watch us all the time. And it's so much fun to do. And it doesn't matter what game I do. I have fun doing it. And I enjoy hanging out with people. It's a good thing to uh, kill some kill some time every day. And uh, every time I get a chance to do it. And I have a lot of fun doing it. And, um, you know, we're trying to do at least one a day. You know, live watch longs every day on the Hockey Podcast Network. Go subscribe. THPN. Um, and everything that we do is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you want to use our promo code THPN, you can, and you can tell the you can tell the lovely people over there that Neil Villapiano from the Devil State of Mind podcast sent them over to them. So nice. yeah, I really I really love doing it. I love doing games. I've been trying to do at least one live watch along of every every team in the NHL. I'm almost there. I got like five or six more teams to go, and I still have some time. So I, I feel pretty confident I'll get it done. Um, and then we got the playoffs. The playoffs are going to be that much more. Oh, you are doing the playoffs. Excellent. Yeah, we're going to be. We're definitely going to be doing the playoffs. Um, we did Olympic hockey, and we had 15, 16, almost twenty thousand people uh, view our streams. We had we we have become the most popular YouTube channel in Slovakia. That's sweet. How <laughs> Slovakia loves. Uh, there you go. They love, they, they love me in particular, so I consider myself part Slovak now because <laughs> of the fact that uh, uh, they seem to really enjoy when I when I do the streams. But uh, yeah, man, I have a lot of fun doing it. I saw you in the chat. Uh, yes, uh, I love to tune in when you're on, man. And uh, I, I really love doing it. It's a lot of fun, and uh, you know we're allowed to bring on people. Um, you know, if we want to. So if uh, the Utica boys want to come on, all of you guys, if you all want to come on with me while we do one. Absolutely. Absolutely we can we could definitely make that work. Oh, that would be a blast. Because I got to tell you, you know what the best part about those is? I mean, and, and of course, for, for anybody who hasn't uh, watched one, you can't actually show the game on the TV. But the best part right. is you put the, the game on in the background, put it on mute or whatever it is you want to, you know, so you can hear Neil. You don't want to have the, the announcers talking over you, right? Mm-hmm. And the best part about it is it's like being like at a, like a, Internet bar watching a game because you got everybody chatting back and forth, and then when the the, the chirping starts, it's the best. It's yeah, the absolute you've best. Probably seen uh, uh, the other night with the with the Rangers that. Devils. That was hilarious. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we 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 have a lot of fun. We we have a lot of fun. We got people on here that uh, that love to talk. They love to uh, interact with us every single time, and uh, we have a blast. We have a really really fun time doing it, and uh, I say the more the merrier. That's the way I look at it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll set that up sometime. That'd be a, so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the boys over at the Hockey Pod Network would love it. They would absolutely love it. Beautiful. Those guys, yeah, those guys are great. They are. That's that's awesome, man. That really is. And you're also doing a Brooklyn Nets podcast now, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, a couple weeks ago, I started the Bridge to the Nets podcast on the Basketball Podcast Network, which is the Hockey Podcast Network's sister network. 
They cover every single team in the NBA for basketball. We actually been doing live watch alongs on there as well. So I'm wow. also on there. I'm actually going to be live tomorrow just after 7 o'clock to do the St. Peter's versus Purdue Sweet 16 matchup. Because, you know, being a Jersey guy, St. Peter's is sure. Jersey City. We got we to show the support, and it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be more fun when they win because they're going to continue this uh, this this trip to this uh, this route to the uh, this magical run to the Final Four, which I would really love to see them do. That would be awesome. Um, but, yeah, I have a podcast, new episodes every Friday, so I'll have a new episode coming out tomorrow. I recap games, you know, talk about different things that are going on with the team, and, uh, you know, obviously we're in the thick of things. We're in the last 10 we got about nine games left to go in the regular season. Nets trying to solidify themselves in the playoffs and kind of go from there. And uh, yeah, it's uh, at Bridge to Nets wherever you, um, excuse me, wherever uh, on social media. Uh, and like I said, new episodes every single Friday. So you'll see it when I post uh, Starstruck sometimes when you're making that leap from Utica to. Uh, to, to the SPHL or the ECHL and playing a professional schedule in the way that's sure. set up. And uh, it, it can be a culture shock, but there's also, you know, that again, like you said, it's 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 the interaction with the community. It's being out there with the schools and being with the kids and, and uh, doing, you know, a lot of times a lot of our, our specialty jerseys are auctioned off and a portion of that goes to local charities. Uh, awesome. We have an event uh, in game every period or every game during the first period, it's called the Black Dog Salvage Pup of the Game, which the local Roanoke Valley uh, SPCA will bring in a pup that's in for adoption to the game. They bring him in when the gate's open. He's out there to get, you know, so people can meet him out on the other concourse. And then we spotlight him, do live video, and, you know, give the adoption facts and, and all the facts up there. It's awesome. And last I knew, last I knew, we were batting a thousand with that for five Dude, awesome. I'm such a dog lover. That is the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. Because like, I got two, I have two Bernese Mountain Dogs, and they're like, they're my children. Like, they yeah, really exactly. are. So that's... Exactly. Dude, that's the coolest thing. I love that, dude. That's it. Sounds like you guys have such a seriously cool operation down there. It's tied in the community. Like that's that sounds uh, yeah. awesome. And, and the, the, the McGinn brothers come down to do a hockey camp every, yeah, every summer. Very uh, cool. Obviously, when the uh, pandemic rules allow travel and things like that. Um, and since Rogue has been back with professional hockey, uh, the the youth hockey program has just exploded. So much so that they recreated the old ECHL barn at the Lancelot, uh, rebuilt it after it collapsed back in 92 after a snowstorm, um, put in another sheet of ice in there because it was just getting to be too much with everybody fighting for ice time between pros, Virginia Tech and Radford playing here as far as their club teams are concerned. Uh, sometimes Liberty would be playing their games until they built their uh, arena up there on your campus and and uh it's it's just it's amazing to see and the kids are starting to travel up and down the east coast and, and not only participating but but you know being really competitive and winning some of these travel tournaments up and down the east coast so. that's awesome oh that is awesome that that really is <laughs> Who who? It's so great to see hockey thrive in other places besides the northern part of the country. Like it really Absolutely. is. It's yeah. it's Absolutely. awesome. I love yes, that. Yes, it is. I mean, I was I was kind of given some of the behind the scenes um, information and stuff, you know, during the week while we were emailing back and forth and stuff. And I mean, I went back and looked this afternoon, and out of the current players um, 
that have been here on a contract of some kind and we're going to uh, 14 players and our head coach have ties to New York college hockey. Nice. Wow. That's awesome. Henry Dale, That's a lot. mentioned earlier out of Utica. Yeah. Uh, we have, we have five from Morrisville. Wow. Nice. Wow. Other, nice. Other All programs. right. Let's go. Uh, other for Cortland, Elmira, Oswego, Brockport, Fredonia, Plattsburgh. I mean, and that's just wow. this year. Wow. That is so, great. Uh, that, the college seed in in the upstate New York is getting to be a, a real feeder down to the, the at least the SPHL. And yeah, out of those out of those fourteen, six of them have already had uh, call ups in the ECHL sometime over the season. We're still up there. That is great. great. You will travel. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's awesome, <laughs> dude. I love this. Yeah, Sick. absolutely. I think we need to get this area more familiar with the SPHL. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, it's a it's a cool league. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. it, it really is. It's a small league, but it, still, like you said, they just expanded. You said it was this year they expanded. I think yes. yes. So it's growing. It's not like it's a stagnant league. That's sick. That's cool. I'm sure the I see highlights. You know, I watch it. It gets around. The yeah. competition's great. Yeah, and there's, there's tons of highlights on YouTube, and there's even been I think three or four times this year it's made you know plays have made top ten on SportsCenter. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's great. Roy, is there anywhere any way to stream the games? Uh, there is. Um, I can't remember what the name of the app is. It is a pay service. Um, is it My Hockey TV? Uh, it. I think it might be live stream. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure we could find it. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. check it out. I, I can. I can. I can email the link too. Well, I can go back. Yeah. And I can't remember yeah. what it is. I mean, uh, you know. You know, we'll do watch parties and stuff with it all the time and, and things of that nature too. But um, yeah, so there are ways, and, and it, you know, each each arena has their own cameras. Uh, you know, a high cam, and and a lot of that can be, you know, just the high cam, and some have, you know, the mix between high and low cam to give you a little bit more closer feel when you kind of watch it on the ice as well too. So. That's cool. That's really cool. No kidding. Yeah, I'm checking out their social media right now. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, Mitch, 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 Mitch does a really good job with it. Mitch, uh, we just got Mitch this year. Our, our former uh, original play-by-play guy, Brian Gardner, took a job out in Rapid City in the ECHL. Uh, who also had ties to Upstate New York. He was the play-by-play guy for the Binghamton Mets for a couple of years. Oh yeah! Hey. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> so uh, uh, we we always we always had a good time talking about speedies and all that kind of stuff that down in that area. But uh, <laughs> nice. Mitch, is, Mitch has jumped in. He, he's a graduate of Penn State and uh, is taking off and, and taking away with it. Uh, brought and you know they implemented things like uh, a play on. In cars with comedians, Jerry Seinfeld's little clip there. That's awesome. We call, we call it driving with the dogs. So pick up one of the dogs in the arena and drive around town in the car and, and put it out on Facebook and, and YouTube and things like that. So they, they, they do a lot of neat things to uh, keep the interest up and they, they push it all year long. So That's so that. cool. That That's is awesome. So cool. One thing I, I will say every time we've had somebody on, because like we were talking with Jason Shia last week, was that last week? Yes. yes. Yeah. So play by play guys and like PA to me, like, I don't know why I have a, a fascination with like announcers and stuff like that. I just always have. And you seem like a real kind of cool, calm, collected, laid back kind of guy. But to hear the way you do the play by play, like you get that from somewhere and it's awesome. Like that's right. it's it's killer to see you do that. And I, I'm, I'm sure a team that portrays himself as such a exciting part of the community, you definitely have helped 
bring that atmosphere to life. And that's something that's really cool. Uh, I, I appreciate it. It, it. it is a lot of fun. I mean, um, you know, it, it kind of release, releases some of those competitive juices. In, uh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the football history dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. With every race, every qualifying run, and every pit stop, Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History, Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.